How are you coping? Maybe you have a strong toolbox of self-care activities and you're not afraid to use them. That's great. But did you know that in addition to self-regulation skills, as humans, we benefit immensely from co-regulating with others? In a word, we're talking about attachment. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So welcome. It's another month, which means it's time for another book review. And I'm really excited to share uh, the book uh, with you today. It's one that I've found immensely helpful, not only in my clinical work, uh, my personal life, but also in my leadership work. And so, you know, you might be listening as a business leader and, you know, you maybe, maybe the, uh, tracks, the track, uh, snagged when you heard that we're going to be talking about a book on attachment. But I'm telling you, attachment is core to what it means to be a human. And so awareness of attachment and, you know, why it's important, how it's foundational, how we can get tripped up by it is so valuable for any role in your life and certainly very applicable at work because, right, as Brene Brown teaches, we bring our whole selves to work. And so there's, you know, it's a nice idea to think maybe that you could split off uh, the parts of yourself that aren't uh, aren't functioning highly when you walk into the office or walk into work, but we know that that's not how life works. And I also just think this is such an incredibly valuable perspective for making sense of yourself and others. Uh, because of course, as humans, we are wired for connection. Uh, there's so much strong research that uh, confirms that, right? So uh, brain imaging, other studies that really show that when we lack deep, meaningful connections, we suffer. We have a much higher uh, mortality rate and all-cause morbidity rate. And so it's something that, of course, we need to be paying attention to because if we're not paying attention to uh, the strength of our attachments, uh, it's it's difficult to to really have well-being in life. No one is an island. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast. And so the book is The Power of Attachment, How to Create Deep and Lasting Intimate Relationships. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. This book is by Diane Poole Heller, PhD. This book came out in 2019, so it's not it's not that old. Um, and it's very, very good, very relevant. Now, attachment research has been around for a long time. Uh, some of the first uh, work in psychology in the modern era really is around uh, attachment. So we think about Bowlby, we think about Ainsworth and the strange situation. Uh, we talk, we think about Harlow um, and the monkeys. I've talked about I think all of, uh, all of, uh, or some of all of these folks work at one time or another in the podcast. And so that might tell you a little bit about me. Uh, so my foundational training and, uh, you know, just the perspective that has always made the most sense to me is an attachment perspective. Uh, and so I, I, 
you know, when I first came across some of this research, it's just, it just rang true and it made so much sense. And so I'm a big fan of attachment and, uh, not just that. I have seen how incredibly impactful an understanding of attachment can be in every realm of life. So whether that's in my work as a clinical, uh, in clinical work as a psychologist, whether that is, uh, in leadership work with teams, with leaders, uh, or whether that is in uh, my personal life. And so let's hear what others are saying about the book. So Dr. Heller has a depth of heart, intellect, and experience that is rare and remarkable, and it shows on every page. And this is by Rick Hansen, PhD, author of Resilient. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm a fan of him. And from Lisa Ferenc, uh, she's a social worker. She said, this book is a gift, nurturing, enlightening, and healing. Uh, and then from Terrence Real, uh, LICSW. So he is, uh, he is a master clinician when it comes to couples work. I've also talked uh, plenty about his work, um, on the podcast. And he's the author of The New Rules of Marriage. He's also the author of Us. I think I reviewed that not too long ago. He said, gives you the practical tools you need to understand yourself and your partner at the deepest level. It has the power to change your life. And so let's learn a little bit about Diane Poole Heller. She is a therapist, author, and leading expert in adult attachment theory, the somatic experiencing method of trauma resolution, and a synthesis of integrative healing methods. And so you can learn more about her on her website. Of course, I will link to that. Um, in the show notes. So if you want to learn a little bit more about her, about the book, and about her work, um, that that will be a useful resource for you. And so, of course, with every month with the book review, I'm not going to try and walk you through the whole book, but I just want to give you um, a sense for the book, a little bit of flavor to know, uh, hopefully to help you make um, an informed decision about whether this could be a useful book for you, right? We, we want to value your time. We want to be respectful of your time. And so she first starts by talking about some themes that she has come across again and again and again in her work. And these are some of the questions, and I think they're really good reflection questions. First, how do we heal broken connections to ourself and others, and how can we come back to a sense of wholeness? We all started whole, uh, but so many of us feel broken. We feel uh, like we've been fractured or that we're fragile, and so that's a really important first question. Second, how do we integrate our diverse experiences in all the parts of ourselves that feel so broken? and fragmented. So really this question is, how do we integrate? Uh, integration, I think a really helpful way to think about integration is integration equals mental health. So when we have these fractured parts of ourselves, whether that is because of traumatic experience, uh, you know, disconnect between our values and our actions, we become fragmented and that undermines our psychic well-being, that undermines our mental health. And so she's really looking at the process of integration. How do we, how do we get back to a place of wholeness, recognizing that life is hard and we all get hit upside the head by life in one form or another? Uh, third question, how do we emerge from incredible loss, fear, and powerlessness to regain empowerment and resiliency? So did I just mention that life is hard? And that's really what she speaks to here with this question. Uh, trauma happens and trauma, trauma happens for so many of us. And I think, you know, we throw that term around, uh, but the truth is 
uh, trauma is an invisible epidemic in our world. Uh, I see it all the time in my clinical work, but also in my leadership work. We have broken people uh, who are who are trying to lead and trying to manage and trying to be successful, and it it doesn't work, right? Like we create a lot of pain, we wreak a lot of havoc um, when we don't take care of our own work first. And then fourth, when trauma robs us of our physical self through dissociation or loss of boundaries, how do we become embodied and safely connected again? And so this is specifically for individuals who really struggle with those trauma or or PTSD symptoms. Now that might not fit for everyone, but also uh, this experience of being disembodied or being disconnected from um, ourselves and our bodies is also, you know, it's a plague, like we see it all over the place. And so um, you might not think that that applies to you, but as you listen up to the book and some of the things that she shares, you might find that that some of those concepts ring more true than, than maybe you would like. And then the fifth question, I think I said four, but there are five questions. How do we reclaim our birthright to feel grounded and centered, to feel connection and compassion, to have access to all the facets of our humanness and our spiritual nature? Okay, so what she has found in her work, in her career, is that one key to answering these questions can be found by compassionately understanding our own and others' early relationship templates. We all have relationship templates based on our very early um, experiences within our own homes, our own families. And that is really the root of attachment. We learn how to connect or we have disruptions to connection based on the quality of our earliest uh, caregiver interactions with our parents, in our homes, um, in our families of origin. And so when we can apply interventions or create relevant corrective experiences related to putting attachment theory in into action, we really can heal. We really can, you know, see how we might get um, tripped up and sidestep some of those concerns. And so uh, she continues that the book is meant to help help you answer some of these questions by uncovering your own early attachment history. So that's one thing she covers. Understanding the various attachment styles. And then, and I love this because we always want to bring you practical help, uh, focus on practical uh, practical approaches toward healing attachment wounds. What's true is virtually all of us have attachment wounds in one way or another. Um, and so specifically, she will look at how attachment wounds affect our adult relationships and how we can increase our ability to enjoy secure attachment, regardless of the type of childhood experiences we may have enjoyed or endured. And so one of the things that I really love about the book is her perspective around, around um, secure attachment, that as humans, right, we were born whole. And so uh, we we move towards a secure attachment. And so when we can, even if that hasn't been our experience in childhood, we can move towards a secure attachment. So you're not just stuck or you're not just, you know, destined to continue to have a poor attachment style or an ineffective attachment style. But as humans, we grow towards growth. And so developing an awareness about your attachment style, how that shows up for you in the present can really be 
quite empowering to help you to move toward a secure attachment style. And so, uh, you know, she then goes over um, the the common attachment styles and just kind of spells those out. And then with the book, she uh, she spends time on each of those. And it, it's also just a really good review of that to really look at what are these attachment styles? How do they show up? What are some of the symptoms? How might I recognize these? And so I will just end with a quick description of each of these attachment styles. Um, and then I hope that gives you some good information about this book. So first is secure attachment. This is the type of attachment in the ideal situation. So securely attached people typically grow up with plenty of love and support from consistently responsive caregivers. And as adults, they are interdependent, connecting with others in healthy, mutually beneficial ways. So that's what we really want to move towards. Second is avoidant attachment. People with this attachment style have a tendency to keep intimacy at arm's length or to diminish the importance of relationships. So uh, connection is anxiety provoking. And so avoidance becomes the solution. Uh, these children were often neglected. Maybe they were left alone a lot as children, but they tend to put the brakes on their attachment system and resist connection. Uh, and then the third style is ambivalent attachment. People with the ambivalence adaption deal with a lot of anxiety about having their needs met or feeling secure in being loved or lovable. So there are times that these folks are needy and move towards relationship and other times where they uh, flee from relationships. So, so that's why it looks ambivalent because they're scared and so it's safer to move away. Um, and so these often had inconsistent caregiving experiences, these individuals. And so they might be very hypervigilant about relational slights or any hint of abandonment. And then the last attachment style is disorganized attachment. This is characterized by an excess of fear and the attachment system is at cross purposes with the instinct to survive threat. Disorganized really, it, it is a more significant trauma-based attachment style, um, but it's one that's characterized as uh, chaotic and it's really difficult to get one's grounding. And so the, this is just a short little introduction to the book. I hope that it gave you a sense of what you could expect from this book. It's really useful. I think it's really helpful. I've read a lot of books about attachment. This is one of the most helpful ones I've found. So head on over to my website to check out the show notes with the resources for this episode at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 239 dash power of attachment. I hope you'll consider joining me on Instagram at dr.melissasmith where I always have more resources tied to the podcast. And uh, if you're so inclined that you would consider giving the podcast a five-star review on podcasts or on Apple uh, podcasts or Spotify. In the meantime, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time, take good care.